Goosebumps number 23, Return of the Mummy by R.L. Stein. He's back from the dead. Dead or alive? After last year's scary adventure, Gabe's a little nervous about being back in Egypt, back near the ancient pyramids, back where he saw all those creepy mummies. Then he learns about an Egyptian superstition, a secret chat that's supposed to bring mummies to life. Gabe's uncle says it's just a hoax, but now it sounds like something's moving in the mummy's tomb. No way a couple of dumb words can wake the dead, can they? Listener beware, you're in for a scare Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. <laughs> Somebody's out there. Somebody. Or something. Saber's coming. Come on, man, we gotta go. Saber's hungry. You'll stay out of the basement. I must have your beautiful hands. Return of the Mummy. Return of the Mammy. Oh, Gone with the Mammies. (laughs) You guys, it's our second sequel so far. Our second shriekel. Our first sequel was Monster Monster Blood. Blood And now we're returning to the Mummy. Return of the Mummy. Not the Return of the Mummy. Return of the Mummy. Return of the Mummy. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. We're the Terror Twins. Boo, did I hear you? We love goosebumps more than anything it's true and we're <laughs> it's true we're back to the pyramids the great pyramids yeah so return of the mummy is the sequel to the curse of the mummy's tomb the curse of the mummy's tomb came out in january 1993 and now this is i think it's september yeah september 1994 yeah um i remember when i was reading these as a I, I, now i remember that I remember when I was reading these as a kid how I was like, oh, like, Return the Mummy, who cares? Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I think I gave, as you guys know, I I reread these books when I was 16, and I I put grades in the upper left-hand corner of the inside of the books, and I gave this one a C+. But I had so... I had so much fun reading this book this time. I had so much fun reading this book this time. Wow. I, would, I, would, I, I love give, hearing that. I would give it a B or maybe even a B plus. I had a lot of fun reading you it. You know, I had a good time reading it too. Do you, I, I, I'm going to ask this now. Do you, did you like this more than The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb? I did. You know what? And I went back and I listened to our episode for C- Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Mm, and she did her research. She did. And, you know, these these books get into actual scary tales. Territory for me. Scaratory? Ooh, you jumped on it before I could. <laughs> um, because it deals with... There's one Goosebumps book in the entire series that I had to stop reading that it scared me too much. Which and one? I, will I Live point in Your Basement? Out, no, I will point it out when we get there. <gasps> I know. Where I had to put it down because it scared me so much. No. But... There's certain vibes. Don't leave from, me in suspense. There's certain vibes from that book that that will not be named quite yet. It's coming uh, up pretty soon, but it's but okay. we're not we're not super close. Um, uh, but there's certain vibes from that that I feel in this book, in that and in Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, where it's like 
being it's getting tra- real. Dream, being trapped in a pyramid. And if you remember that dude in the first one that like kind of kidnaps the kids and it gets like yes. really adult and things yes. like that. Yes, very scary. It's very different from like, you know, a haunted mirror or something like that. You know what I mean? Like this stuff, it's like, there's some parts in this book that are genuinely like, ooh, like frightening and stuff yeah. like that. Because it's like you're in the dark, in tunnels, in the pyramid, lost, and you could die. Like that stuff scares me. I think Did you scary. answer my question whether you liked which which one you liked better? I like this one better. You like this one yeah, better? Yeah, I like this one better. All right, Cool. I don't know. I was going back and forth thinking about it just this morning. I think this one's more fun, and I just had, I had fun reading this one. Let's talk about the cover of this book. Yeah, so we have um, uh, the colors of this book are kind of like it's a, like a, uh, a lemon, like a yellow neon, yellow lime green, like a, fa- green. a faded lime green, and then balanced with a dark. Like turquoise a deep, a deep turquoise. Yeah, this turquoise. And those are the same colors that are kind of reflected on the cover of this book because it's a, um, a fucking... T- what do you call it? A Mummy. No, like the fucking case that it's in. The fucking case. The tomb. Like, you know, like the... The, the coffin. Sar- car- sar- car- sarcophagus. Yes. <laughs> There's like, you know, a solemn face holding some sticks crossed in front of its chest and giving you like feral realness that's being pushed aside that's like shiny gold and there's a mummy hand with stink lines sort of, coming out. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> with wavy green stink lines coming out. It's your out. classic gold, you know, Egyptian sarcophagus. Google me, bitch. Yeah, Google it and there's a mummy reaching out. You know what's funny? They re-released this book They've re-released, they've, the the powers that be, the man has re-released this book twice. And the first time they re-released it, they just did the mirror image of the cover. They did? If you Google Return of the Mummy, look for image searching. They have just, you know, it's like the mummy, like one mummy hand is grabbing the side of the sarcophagus or whatever the fuck. And the other one's reaching out. And then there's a mirrored version in one of the re-releases. Do you see it? We're Googling it right now. Oh, wow. I do see it. And they changed the colors to this like baby shit brown and like this, this, um sick day bad mood turquoise color i'm not mad at it i'm not mad at it either and then they do then they like re-release them again with like not t jacobus covers and it's basically just the exact same image with tons of stink lines coming out i just don't understand why you would ever want anything but a t jacobus cover i'll never understand that it doesn't make any sense to me. So let's jump on in. Let's jump on in. And we're, so we're going to do the book and then the TV episode, which is a lot of... The TV episode is, for me, really boring at the beginning, and then the second half is some of my favorite stuff in Goosebumps. There are things in this episode that I say on an almost daily basis. Almost daily basis. It never leaves the back of my brain. Yes. Never leaves the front of my brain. Yeah. Okay. So our protagonist is Gabe, remember? If you remember. Gabe? You guys remember Gabe. And his cousin, Sari. Sari. Even reading this, I wanted to say sorry, but I remembered that in the TV episode, they say Sari. And yeah. that didn't we decide to say Sari in the first episode? We're saying Sari. I guess it's too late now to say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting to say that all day. <laughs> Is it too late now to say Sari? Wow. I don't want to hear, good. I don't want to know. Please don't say it's sorry. Oh, wow. That's good. That was good. Good, Woo! good, good. Wow, that, I don't know how you kept that in for so long. <laughs> wow, that's good. So Gabe, I hope you guys at home enjoyed that as much as I just did. <laughs> so Gabe is on a plane back to Cairo to visit his Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben, if you guys remember, is a famed archaeologist. Ben Hassad. Ben Hassad. And on the plane, I, I liked this sort of 
conceit, like this sort of setup where he's on the plane and he's f- sort of flirting with this flight attendant named yeah. Nancy and it's such a great excuse it, for exposition. Yes, and it feels really summary to me. It does, and what's interesting is he, he says, he talks about how he had visited his, his uncle last summer, but this book more or less just pretends that the last book sort of happened but didn't happen because the last book definitely happened during Christmas vacation. Yes. It definitely happened. It all happened during Christmas vacation vacation. and in this book he's like, wow, last summer I visited my Uncle Ben and all this crazy stuff happened. See, what I thought, this is me thinking way too much and giving Jovial Bob way too much credit, but I was thinking... It's like, oh, he was there for Christmas vacation. Then he came the summer after that. And then this is the following summer after that. But that doesn't make any sense. Wow. I think you are giving him too much credit. I am. Because they also these are the oldest protagonists that we will have in the entire Goosebumps series. They are 13 years old. Oh, really? Yes. I don't Usually even... they're 12 or so, very rarely 11. But they are 13 in this book. And Teenagers. It's, it's mentioned that Sari is actually... In the first book, in The Curse of Mummy's Tomb, they mentioned that Gabe says, even though Sari's a month older than me, dot, dot, dot. In this book, it says that Sari's younger than he is. But she's taller. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Whatever. Get it right or pay the price. Yeah. So So Gabe's on the plane with Nancy. With Nancy. Nancy's flirted up. And he basically, he sort of gives her the quick rundown of all the things that happened. Not all the things that happened, but... Mm -hmm. And he, he Wait, what's funny is this reminded me of there's a, a book in Goosebumps 2000 called The Mummy Walks that a lot of it takes place in a plane or it starts off on a plane. Mm, anyway, interesting. And it's if important. you guys remember his summoner, his summoner plays a big part in this book. If you remember in Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, he from a like a garage sale, like a yard sale, yeah. he bought this mummy, tiny mummy's hand from some kid that's p- apparently able to summon mummies to life or whatever. He has the summoner still with him. It's supposed to be a real mummy's hand, even though it's very tiny. And he he always has it with him, apparently. He's telling Nancy this, I yeah. guess. And it's always warm. It's always warm like a real hand. But as the, the plane starts to descend into Cairo, he notices that it's ice cold. Ooh, ooh, ooh it's freezing. Woo! Is that a bad omen? I don't know. So he gets in the he ra- arrives, gets to Cairo by himself. I'm, I I think I'd be scared to fly to Cairo by myself if yeah. I were thirteen or twelve. Yeah, for sure. Probably even now. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> actually, I would be. I would be. Yeah, yeah. So he gets to the airport. It's crowded, crammed. He can't find anyone. And he's like, "Oh, Uncle Ben's always playing those pranks. These are like it's like a pranky kind of group of people. You know what I mean?" He's like, "I know Uncle Ben's gonna be dressed up in some stupid costume." him or acting like some demo memmy or something like that. That's so like Uncle Ben. So he sees a man, he's searching for Uncle Ben and sees a man in a burnoose. <laughs> in a bur- what is, what is, what is the, the fake designer from Bridesmaids? A Bernice? A Bernace? Oh. A Fritz Bernace? What is it? I, I don't remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. I'm sure there are people that are screaming at their, on, at the, on their, at their computers or at their phones right now. Yeah. A Fritz Bernace? I think so. Anyway, uh, tweet us. Tweet us at DannyMac769 or iRobotUJane and tell us. Did we get it right? And he sees a man in a burnoose, which is a long white hooded robe. We learn a lot in this book. We do. And 
He's saying taxi, taxi, American taxi. And Gabe's like, oh, no, that's totally my Uncle Ben. That's Uncle Ben with one of his stupid disguises. So he runs up to this guy, hugs him, laughing at Uncle Ben in his stupid disguise. And the man pulls back his hood and, oh, my gosh, it's not Uncle Ben. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then he sees Uncle Ben. Oh, lol, what a fake out. Uncle Ben is standing over there wearing a loose-fitting white short-sleeved sports shirt and baggy chinos. I still don't know what a sports shirt is. I had to Google it when I was reading this. What is it? It, when I googled sports shirt, what came up is like one of those Jerseys? like no, like athletic white tight rubbery kind of shirts. What? Yes, like a polo. No, not like a polo. What do you mean? Like a like a fucking Under Armour, you know, with buttons all the way up. No, no buttons, just a white shirt, but it's like really tight, like a workout shirt, like you're going on a bike. I don't know what. When, hey, listen. When I googled sports shirt, that's what came up. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I believe you. And he's wearing baggy chinos. I'm sure Arl Stein thinks sports shirt means something else, though. I know. That's what I know. Sari is there. She's waiting. She's where? She's waiting. She's waiting, wearing faded denim cutoffs. I was wearing faded denim cutoffs when I read that part. Too, too. Were you also wearing a bright green tank? Yeah. Did you also have a long black braid? A long black plate. Wow. So Sari immediately is typical Sari, if you guys remember. Sari's kind of a bitch. Sari, but she's not as bitchy as some of the other characters we she's, have. She's super competitive, and we learn we learned some of her backstory here. Yeah. Where Gabe <laughs> says her mom died when she was five. Yeah. And, you, that, and that she's, like, had it rough, and she's gone to boarding school in Chicago, and she's just gotten back from boarding school in Chicago, where she got straight A's and is, like, a champion skier, tennis player, all-around perfect And I probably person. missed her dad. What's so funny, it's not funny, but what's notable or something is that in this book, you're right. She's not really bitchy, so much bitchy as she is competitive. Yes. But then there are these moments where she gets, like, really, like, emotionally vulnerable and intimate, where she, like, pulls Gabe aside and is like, hi, I need to talk to you about something. You know yeah. What I mean? Like, there's a few moments like that. Yes, there's some drama. She's a teenager. That's She's... why. Because they're 13. There's more going she, on. There's more going on when you're 13. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So, and she's kind of like, you can't even carry your suitcase, Gabe. Let me carry it for you. I'm stronger than you are. Bop, 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 bop. So they hop in Uncle Ben's Jeep and drive through a crowded honking Cairo to Al Giza. I don't know how to pronounce that really. Al Giza? I think it's Al Giza. (laughs) So they're going to where the pyramid is in Al Giza. And it's so hot. And the heat makes it look like a wavering mirage. Mm. And Gabe, so Gabe... I wish I'd been reading this in summer times. Ooh, having a hot gla- uh, hot glass, having a cold glass, glass of lemonade on the porch. The Maya's coming. Oh, my Where in the porch? So they're driving through Cairo. There's a bunch of tourists and buses, and oh goodness! So they make it to these pyramids, right? Mm-hmm. Takes a long time. And there are these rows of low white sort of canvas tents that are set up, which is where they will be staying mm-hmm. and where Uncle Ben. They'll be staying outside, like in, like camping in basically in the desert. So Uncle Ben has discovered this pyramid, discovered this tomb, and it's this big, huge deal. Yeah. Right. And there's a camera crew there, and it's very exciting. So they get to their Do tents. We, are we going to say who it is? And that, all we'll that get stuff there. Yeah? We'll okay. get there. Okay, Daniel. All right, Matthew. Bye. Bye. I'll just be here for commentary. Okay, take care. Take luck. So, <laughs> the Uncle Ben sort of, they are unpacking in their tents, and, and Uncle Ben has explained they've been digging for months and months and months, and they're finally ready now to break the seal and enter this tomb. And piss all over the place. <laughs> what? Oh, break, break the, the seal. seal. People, I've heard that phrase so much recently. I feel like that's an old man sport shirt wearing phrase to say. Break the seal means like when you've when you've had a lot to drink and as soon as you pee, you're not as drunk anymore. 
What? What does it mean? I don't know. I just heard like people say like when they go pee, it's like breaking the seal or something. I don't know. Forget it. Let's get back to the pyramids. Fine. So, where was I? He lost his place in his notes, you guys. Oh, Oh, no. He's going to take it out on me. He's going to take it out on me. (laughs) Uncle Ben reached in his pocket and for... With a, he's, I got a gift for you, Gabe. But before he can give it to Gabe, Gabe freaks out because he sees coming out of the pyramid, there's this low sort of opening tunnel. A mummy stumbles out, like in the middle of the day, stumbles out. And Gabe starts freaking out. So does Sari. So does Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben says, It walks. It walks. And everybody starts End of chapter out. 17. And then everybody starts laughing, except for Gabe. They start laughing. And. <laughs> Uncle Ben says, no, 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 it's just John. You see, they've been filming a commercial here for bandages. Sticky bird bandages. (laughs) They're just... Sticky bird bandages. They're just what your mummy ordered. That's the tagline. That's stupid. Oh, gosh. And Uncle Ben said, sorry, it's one of my jokes. I just couldn't resist. That's why the camera crew is here. They've been filming the commercial all day. Sticky bird bandages. And Sari gave comments that Sari acts like she wasn't scared, but she was. So anyway, back to the gift. Like, such a total fake-out scare. Yeah. Hilarious. Uncle Ben gives Gabe a pendant. It's an amber pendant with a scarab trapped in it. Y'all know what a scarab is, right? It's one of those old Egyptian beetles. Yes, and it's 4,000 years old. Everything in this book is 4,000 years old. To the day. And and Uncle Ben says, you know, this is is kind of like good luck or whatever. And and they say, if you keep a scarab with you, it means, I don't know, you live, you live forever. That a scarab is a symbol of immortality, but to be bitten by one means, means certain, certain death. death. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabe puts a necklace on and is feeling himself. Put it on me, baby, put it on me. And then Sari screams and says, oh no, oh no, I saw the scarab escape the necklace. And oh Gabe- no, and then Gabe feels a sharp pinch on the back of his leg. And then he turns around and looks and sees it's just Sari pinching him. <laughs> what? <laughs> You guys, how could Sari stand in front of him, point at the necklace, say, oh no, a scarab escaped. And Gabe freaks out and feels the stab in the back of his leg and turns around and Sari's there pinching his leg while Gabe really falls for it. I rolled my eyes when I was reading this, but like rolled my eyes and was like smiling. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Oh, goosebumps. Oh, you guys. Sari. And he thinks, oh gosh, am I going to keep falling for her dumb jokes? I'm so embarrassed. Gabe said he's so angry he wanted to punch her. He says he wanted to do nasty things to her. Say nasty things to her. Oh, he wanted to say (laughs) nasty things to her. Oh, wow. He's 13. Woo! Get nasty. Get nasty. So that night, Gabe is laying on his cot in his tent and just can't sleep. And he feels something wriggling on his chest. Same. Woo! And he goes, oh my gosh, it's that scarab. It's that scarab. And he checks, he looks down and checks the pendant and sees that the scarab is still there. And he says, did you move? Did, did you, you wriggle, wriggle your, your legs? legs? Tweet us if you wriggle your legs. G- Gabe asks this out loud, by the way. Yeah, he does. Did you move? Did you wriggle your legs? Did you move? Did you move? Did you wriggle your legs? What was that feeling? What was that wriggling that he felt? Little did he know that that pendant held a secret that would either save his life or kill him. Little did he know that that wriggle. <laughs> and so that's... End of act one. End of act one. <laughs> bum, bum. 
So in the morning, they have breakfast in the mess tent. Mm. And Gabe, this is what Gabe's wearing, you guys. A t-shirt and jeans and a black and yellow Michigan Wolverines cap. That's a sports team. They play They play. Hockey. Oh, I was going to say hockey, too. I, they they play they play basketball. <laughs> and of course, he has a summoner in his back pocket. And you know he's wearing that wriggling old scarab pendant around his neck. And this is what Uncle Ben is wearing. Knit, baggy chinos and a short sleeve white sport shirt. This time with coffee stains. Yes, God. And Sirius was wearing a fresh pony. She's she has got a, a bright red, red tank over white, white tennis shorts. shorts. And they are just bop, 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 bop. bop talking about that tune. Aren't they having Raisin Bran? And Sirius Raisin Bran's got more raisins. Okay. So this is where we learn about the tomb. This is this is this is where we learn about the tomb. It belongs to Prince Koru. Prince Koru. Who is a cousin of King Tutankhamun. <laughs> which means <laughs> is that funny to you? <laughs> yeah. Which means girl King Tutankhamun. Girl, which means he rich. Yeah, he rich. She be getting that. Jeez. So <laughs> King Tut's tomb, as you guys know, was discovered in 1922. 4,000 years ago. <laughs> it was the most amazing archaeological discovery of the century till now. Woo! Till we find Cousin Koru, okay. And what Uncle Ben is saying <laughs> is that there could be amazing treasures in there. Oh, I hope they're completely amazing. And that there could be so many riches. Or it could be just an empty tomb because of all those grave robbers. That's right. They'll be coming in, be stealing. So they don't know what to expect, but they do know, do know that he was buried in 1300 BC before Christ, 4,000 years ago. <laughs> so Uncle Ben is talking to some of his workers or whatever, and Sari shares. And so we're like laughing, and then this is that moment. This is right? that moment. Sari's like Sari like pulls Gabe aside in like in a which when I when I when I was reading this, like I had to like when I when I when I when I, when I was t reading this, I had to like take a moment because like I said, this is so like I mean I'm like projecting or something, but like it's like this emotionally vulnerable moment where mm. someone's having a real conversation in a goose mm. book, which is so rare. Yes. And she was like, Gabe, I'm worried. I'm worried I'm that worried they about daddy. She, so she says she says, I'm worried about daddy. I'm worried that they I'm worried that I'm worried. we actually won't find anything in the tomb, that it will be empty. He's been working so hard for this Gabe, and I'm just I'm just so concerned about my father that, that this that, is gonna and gonna he's going to be so disappointed. It's really going to crush him. What do you think we're going to do, Gabe? Please, please, Gabe, make me feel better. Say nasty things to me. So they all put on yellow hard hats with lights on them, and are, they're about to make their way into the tomb. This is one thing it's where time. it's like, it must be dark, dark, dark. You know, like in a dark, dark room in a dark, dark tomb. Yes. Because like for this, because like in the TV show, there's like, ignore the police sirens in the background, you guys. We didn't do it. Um, there's um, speak for yourself in the t in the TV show. I'm just like, oh, cool. Where are these lights coming from? You know what I mean. But like in reality, when you think about it, which is why it's this book makes it so scary to me because it would be that dark pitch, if you're pitch, if you're in a black. And they talk about how when they get down into the pyramid, that instead of it being like hot down there, it's cool down Ooh, there. Heat Ooh. rises. So they're about to make their way down the steep, steep entrance into the tomb when they hear somebody sh shout, stop! stop! And it's this short woman with long black hair, just that sleek and shiny Pantene Pro V. Fashion bangs like handsome myself, Selena Gomez hair. Just like cut straight across the forehead with the most beautiful green eyes. Thank you. And Gabe's like, oh my God, she must be a movie star. She's, I know she is a movie She's star. so great, great looking. looking. She's wearing all white. She's got white slacks with a white blouse with a white suit jacket. What I love, Woo! sometimes what Arl Stein says when it's like, 
on Fear Street books, he says this a lot. When someone's like hot or attractive, instead of saying hot, especially in the early books, Arlson always says, she had a really awesome looking smile or she was really great looking. Oh, awesome. That's completely awesome. So she's a reporter from the Cairo Sun. She's a camera with her. She has a big fat camera around her neck. And her name's Nila Hamad. She's named after the river of life, the Neil. I'm going to call her Nyla. Nyla. Because it's named after the Nile. I thought that at first, too. But as the book went along, I thought maybe it's Nila. And then in the TV episode, they say Nila. I'm saying Nyla because she's named after the Nile. Okay, we're going to call her Nyla. So she said, she comes She comes up. She says, hi, guys. I spoke with Dr. Fielding. And, and he um, gave me permission to write about his discovery. Now, I thought about this for a second. I'm going to take a quick tangent. That when she says, oh, I, sp- I spoke with Dr. Fielding, I thought she was just, like, making up a name to, like, yeah, to like sound- Officer Manning. Yes, I was going to say Officer Manning, where one time we were try- we were stuck on campus at USC trying to get off campus driving in this car, stuck on campus because there was, like, some event around USC or whatever. And we were, my friend Sarah was driving, and we couldn't get off campus. We couldn't get off. There were barricades, barricades. They wouldn't let people off campus. And we had to go to Disneyland. We had to go to Disneyland the, that day. A cop, like, flagged us down or something, and... I don't remember if Sarah said it first or we said it or whatever. We're like, Officer Manning said we could go through here. Officer Manning said. Yeah, a police officer was like, where do you guys think you're going? And and we were like, no, officer, we just spoke to Officer Manning. (laughs) And Officer Manning said we were allowed out. And we just kept saying that. So the guy was like, um, uh, oh, okay. And moved the barricade (laughs) and we got off campus and we went to Disneyland. Just made it up. So that's, I thought Dr. Fielding was Officer Manning at a second, for a second. Anyway, so she says, I spoke with... Dr. Fielding, he gave me permission to write about his discovery. And Uncle Ben's like, oh, cool, but you know what? There's really nothing to write about yet. We haven't discovered anything yet. And Nyla's like, yeah, well, that's Pretty cool. Pretty please. Can I come down, please? I promise I won't write anything without your permission, and I promise I won't take pictures and let you unless you let me. I promise I won't take pictures, even though I have this huge camera around my neck. And Gabe's like, I think Uncle Ben's like a little sweet on her. He thinks she's really awesome and great looking. Yeah. So Uncle Ben is like, all right. Okay, I guess you can come, lady I've never met. You can come down with us, but you got to put on a hard hat, all right? You're really short, okay? And then she looks at Gabe's pendant and shrieks, I don't believe this. This is so weird. I don't believe this. This is so weird. And it turns out she's got a necklace too to winsies. But there's no scarab in hers. No, she just got a perfectly smooth gold and orange amber pendant. Same here. Oh, I would love to just squeeze it in my hand. Wouldn't you guys? Tweet us if you would. <laughs> so anyway, um, they, they make their way down into the tomb and... Basically, Gabe gets lost, right? We knew this was coming. So, and while I was reading, I took a moment to like justify how they could get lost from one another in this pyramid, and I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Well, it happens in the episode, kind of. You'll see, the TV episode. You'll see when you watch it tonight. So, Sari and Gabe were basically just following behind Uncle Ben and his girlfriend Nyla down, <laughs> down this low tunnel that curved with dead ends and just twisting and turning, and it was so cool down there. And one time, Gabe stumbled and scraped his elbow. Bell. Owie. Ouch. And at one point, they're, as they're making their way through the tunnels, Gabe sees an animal drawing on the He's wall like, and stops. He's like, what is this old animal drawing? What is this hieroglyphics? And Sarah, Sarah says, um, that's not an animal. That's Bart Simpson. One of the workers drew it on the wall. Gabe's like, I knew that. I knew that was Bart Simpson. I like when there's a reference to life in Goosebumps books. Yeah. Like a pop culture to reference. To life. 
Love and other mysteries You know my future, you know my destiny I find in you all I ever need to know About life and love and other mysteries <laughs> So... So Gabe feels like an idiot. (laughs) So Gabe feels like an idiot for seeing a Bart Simpson drawing and thinking it was an animal hieroglyph. And when he turns back around after Sari's been laughing at him for a while, she he sees that she's gone, and she's so she's so far gone that even her hard hat light has disappeared around the corner or something. And he tries to catch up with her, runs after where he thinks she's coming from. Gabriel, playing stumbles. He falls and stumbles, knocks his hat on the wall and knocks his light off. Oh no! And it breaks the light. He tries to turn it back on, but it won't. And he's in pitch blackness. So he starts calling out for help. Help! How? And decides, you know what I'm going to do? Instead of stumbling around, I'm just going to stay and wait in the darkness and just wait to see if they come back for me. They've got to notice I'm gone. That's probably what I would do. That's probably what I would do too, actually. I would, yeah. I would stay completely still and die. So he's staying completely still and decides to just lean up against the wall for a second. And as he leans on the wall, the wall pushes back and he falls through it down, down, down at the darkness. And he falls hard on his back. Back. Lands hard in his back and sees those bright flashes of red. Then everything went black. Boom! And the air is knocked out of him like a basketball hitting you in the stomach. So, and he hears a soft shuffling sound. This part scares me. This part scares me to death. This part scares me. This part scares me to death. (laughs) That was a good chant. Thank you. And he's on the ground in the blackness and realizes that his right hand starts to itch. Oh. And then his left wrist starts to itch. Make it itch. Make it twitch. And then I'm feeling the itch again. I need to get tweaked again. And he feels his legs start itching. Soft pinpricks up up his arms and down his legs. You guys, I hate this. And his back, and he jumps up. I hate up. this so much. He jumps up and hits I fucking his, hate this and hits his head on the ceiling, and his light turns back on. I hate this. And he sees hundreds. This is so gross. I hate this. Hundreds of bulby white spiders. I want to die. Thick on the chamber floor, and they're covering his body and all over the floor. I'm dead. And he screams for help. And he screams for help, and he dies. And then the book ends. <laughs> Wow. So let's the TV episode, you guys. What's so much fun about the TV episode is. So he screams for help, and then he sees a snake lowering itself down toward oh, his face. Oh, no, a dangling trouser snake. <laughs> <laughs> and he screams and realizes, oh, it's not a snake. It's a rope. And it's Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben's rope. He's calling him and says, grab the, grab the rope. Pull, I'll pull you up. And as he pulls, as he's getting pulled up, he feels like his whole body's itching in on fire. And... Because of all the spy dudes. Here's what I don't understand. If you're going to be dangling a rope down there, wouldn't you first say like, Gabe, are you down there? Gabe, we're going to lower a rope. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. No, you don't. You just throw the rope down there and you pull him on it. Yeah. So Uncle Gabe is like, wow, there must be hundreds of chambers just like that one to fool tomb, tomb raiders. Here, tomb for some robbers. reason, I dog-eared this page. I wanted to read it just Do because it. I thought this one sentence was Do so it. fun. There must be hundreds of chambers like that, my uncle commented, glancing at Nyla. The pyramid builders made a maze of tunnels and chambers to fool tomb robbers and keep them from finding the real tomb. Yuck! Such fat spiders, Sari groaned, stepping back. Fat, bulby, white. Such Fat spiders. So Gabe reaches in his pocket to make sure he didn't crush his mummy hand. He realized it's fine. And it's still really cold, by the Ooh, way. Okay. And Nyla goes, 
Oh my god, is that a is summoner? Is that a summoner? I studied a lot about ancient Egypt. And Nyla says, that must be good luck charm. She says, it must be good luck charm. If <laughs> that it, must be good luck charm. If it wasn't harmed in the fall. And Gabe's like, yeah, maybe it is. And then he sees the tiny fingers curl on the hand. It curls and twinkles by and, and, Oh, okay. And wriggles by itself. And he cries out. And they're like, Gabe, what's wrong? And he realizes, ain't nobody going to believe me. Um, nothing, you guys. <laughs> and Uncle Ben's like, you know what, you guys? This is enough exploring for the day. Let's get out of here. And Gabe's like, what, it, what does it mean that that hand was wriggling like that? Is it a bad sign? Probably. So over the next two days, ugh, Gabe and Sari just hang out. One day they play Scrabble all day. While Uncle Ben works down in the tomb, I guess, or whatever. And then, then two days later, Uncle Ben announces at breakfast that, you guys, today is the day. The workers have reached the doorway to the burial chamber. And we're going to open up Prince Gold. Koru's tomb, and Nyla still has been hanging around, and she's decided, I'm not going to write about the pyramid discovery instead. I'm going to write about Uncle Ben. Yeah, I'm going to do Uncle a feature ben. on Uncle Ben. I'm going to write about Uncle Ben's wild rice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they, all right, they're all going to go in the tomb, back in the tomb together, right? Okay, I guess Nyla's wearing a long sleeve blue denim work shirt over loose-fitting faded jeans. All right, and so they go, so, so they're back in the, the tunnels going through, and Sari talks about, oh gosh, we're going to find so many riches. We're going to find riches. Rubies and emeralds and jewels. And Gabe's like, girl, you can keep the rubies. I want to see the mummy. So they get to a huge door with two these two battery-powered sort of spotlights on it. There's four workers just scraping away at the dirt of this just big old door. Away, just scratching away. And Gabe comments that it's not not a tall door, but it's it's a, you know, a short sort of door. Egyptians were short. Dark mahogany wood That's covered in... petrified. Covered in hieroglyphics, cats, birds, all these animals. And a, a seal that's locking the door. And the seal is a gold snarling lion's head. And the gold snarling lion's head that's supposed to scare away grave robbers. Because, I don't know, they're supposed to think it's a real lion. Lion? I don't know. I don't know. And Nyla's like, oh, I want to take a picture as you're breaking the seal. Please, please, please. Uncle Ben's like, okay. <sighs> we talked about no pictures, but you're wearing the camera around your neck, and we literally know you're going to take pictures, so that's pointless. So Uncle Ben takes some tools and starts chipping away, and girl, it's tense. Chip, 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 chip. That's Gabe, soft gold. Mm, Gabe realizes that he's been holding his breath and lets out a long, silent, and right before he cracks the seal, Uncle Ben says, Hey, anybody hungry? Maybe you should forget this and send out for a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben! So he raises the chisel to the to his hammer or whatever. The Melanie chisel. And is about to break through when a booming voice says, Please, let me rest in peace. Oh no, it's Prince Koru. No, it's not Prince Koru. Koru, but it's a tall, lanky man who's coming from the tunnel. This description I think is pretty cool. He's bald except for a fringe of dark hair. He's got a slender face, an unfriendly scowl, perfectly ironed safari jacket over a shirt and a necktie, got black black eyes eyes like like raisins, and he's skinny skinny as a mummy. And Uncle Ben says, Omar, Dr. Omar Fielding. Oh no, it's Omar Fielding. And Dr. Fielding says, keeps screaming, let me rest in peace, let me rest in peace, were Prince Koru's last words. And so then Dr. Omar Fielding and, and Uncle Ben Hassad get in a real argument. And Uncle Ben says, we have to open this. It's for science. And that's just superstition. And Dr. Fielding says, no, there's a warning on these hieroglyphics. It says, if anyone should disturb the, pin- the prince, if anyone should repeat the ancient words written on the tomb five times, the prince will come to life and seek vengeance on those who disturbed him. Vengeance. And then he storms off. 
And Uncle Ben's like, I don't Bye. trust that guy. Bye, I think Dr. he. Fielding. I think he, Uncle Ben says, I think Doctor Fielding's just making that up. I think, I think what he up. wants us to, what he wants to do, is for us to stop, and then he's gonna come back in later and steal the discovery for himself. I know he is. I know that raisin-eyed, skinny as a mummy bitch. And Uncle Ben says, you guys, if anyone in here, if any of you is scared. You can leave. You can leave right now. But and this is nobody happening. leaves. Everyone no, wants to do it. And nobody Everyone's leaves. Down. Gabe sees to see if Sari's scared or not. Maybe she is, but she won't admit it. And neither will Gabe. So they are. Uncle Ben goes to back. Goes back to trying to break the seal, and the door. And he breaks it off. And he pisses everywhere. <laughs> and so they try to push the door open, but it won't budge. And so the workers, Uncle Ben, has to chisel away at the door now. Is this for like four hours? Yes. Or something and like slowly that? push the door open an inch, and then another inch. Oh, it takes forever. And then Uncle Ben pushes it open so much that he can slip through. (laughs) (laughs) And then everybody slides through, including Gabe. And then when they get there, they see that inside of the tomb, there is absolutely nothing. Oh, no. So it's a great disappointment, but Uncle Ben is happy. Uncle Uncle Ben is like, I knew it. I knew it. It's a fake out tomb. And they see that there's another seal across the room. That's where the real tomb is. I thought that was kind of bullshit a little bit when I was reading because I was like, oh, we just bought ourselves four more chapters to take up some space. Of course. And Uncle Ben says. Of course. Of course. And Uncle Ben says, you know, there might be even more chambers like this. This is just what we came to expect. So. Chamber made. So it's. And. It's going to take hours to, to chink away at this at the seal. So they break for lunch, come back in the afternoon. Oh, it's taking forever. Oh. They finally break the seal, this seal, and try to push open the door. It won't budge, so they have to chisel away at the door again. Finally, fine. Okay, fine. Well, let's just get there, Daniel. And I, I, want the, I want the listeners to feel as long as this took. Okay. So they get the door. They chink away at the door. It, it gets... It gets to be able to open just one inch, then another inch, then it's halfway open, and then Uncle Ben shines his hat light in there, and he says, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. We've made a big big mistake. mistake. It's a big, we've made a big mistake by underestimating our discovery. discovery. This tomb is even bigger and grander than King Tutankhamen's. It's massive. It's bigger and grander. And and everyone goes inside and the walls are covered floor to ceiling with hieroglyphics, floor cluttered with furniture and objects. It looks like someone's attic. There's a tall throne with a golden sun etched into the seat. Chairs, benches, there's a long couch. Dozens of stone and clay jars. Large chests filled with golds, jewelry. A gold monkey head? On down on its side uncle ben is in tears and he's so happy and he sees a, a large stone, stone mummy case smooth gray stone with a heavy lid with a long crack down the center and so they go right to that 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 case do you guys like this vacuuming in the background can you hear the vacuum yeah oh trash tits the worker so the workers can i live can i can i rest in peace so the workers struggle to remove this lid, right? And it takes forever again. And they they remove the lid, and there's a mummy-shaped coffin inside of the case. Then they pry off that, that lid, lid. And then there's a tiny, frail mummy inside. It's about the, it's about the Gabe size. And it, black tar seeping through its bandages. And Nyla has tears in her eyes. Everybody is, is so moved. And Uncle Uncle Ben says, "Wow, this these are the best preserved remains that anyone that I've ever found. And they're gonna have to do tests to determine his identity to make sure it's him. But it's safe to say that this is. And then they hear footsteps and voices. 
and four police officers come in th- into the tomb. Step back, get away. And one of and so these cops show up. And they have guns. And Dr. Fielding comes in after them and says, I called the cops. I thought it would be best to bring them in to protect the contents of the room. I think this whole thing is kind of pointless. It is. And Uncle Ben's like a little confused why they would even be necessary. Same. And Dr. Fielding, I guess, is very, very pleased with their discovery or something. And he apologized to Uncle Ben. He says, I shouldn't have stopped you. I realize now that we owe it to the world to open this tomb. Whatever. So that night, under a cool purple sky and a, and a campfire... Uncle Ben talk, is talking to Gabe and Sarah. And says, Again, this is another moment that I'm like, this is kind of more serious and more adult, where he's like confiding in his 13-year-old nephew or whatever. That I don't trust my partner. I don't trust my partner I don't at trust all. him. I trust what Sarah's wearing, though. She's wearing a pale green sweater with black leggings. I trust that. So they meet up with Nyla, who's wearing a white sweatshirt over loose-fitting jeans. Same. And Uncle Ben, they uh, and she and Uncle Ben flirt like over this. They they have barbecue mm, and barbacoa ham, and hamburgers. <laughs> And um, and as they're sitting around this campfire, Sari's like, hey, Uncle Ben, do you know the words to bring the mummy back to life? And Nyla's like, yeah, come on, come on, tell us the six words to bring the mummy back to yeah, life. Yeah, tell us it's Karu, Kari, Odana, Loma, Malanu, Karano. And Uncle Ben jokes that he was like, oh, you want to bring the mummy back to life just to get a good photo for the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben says, all right, here are the words. It's tekikaru, tekikara, tekikari. He says, those are the words, but you need to say those six words five times. Okay. okay. And then Uncle Ben goes to make a phone call, and then Nyla leaves. Bye. And then Gabe and Sari talk about... Uncle Ben and Nyla, do you think they had feelings for each other? Uh-oh, <laughs> he's about to have a new mommy. So, mean, and, and in the meantime, Gabe's, Gabe's been thinking about ways to get back at Sari for always teasing yeah, him and pulling get tricks. That. So when they that bitch. Yeah. So when they get back to the tent, Gabe's like, "I dare you to say those words five times." Yeah. Say "tucky kara," "tucky karu," "tucky kuku." Say like "titty kaka" five times. <laughs> and he says, "I bet she'll be." He thinks, "I bet she'll be scared," but she's not scared. Uh uh-uh. uh She's like, "All right." And so he says it. He says it once. He says "tucky karu," "tucky no, kara." You're, 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 you're missing a, you're, you're missing a, the point. Oh wow, I'm missing the whole point. <laughs> no, he says. Wow. No, what he said he says is he dares her to dare him to say the words. Oh wow, I did miss the whole point. Wow, I want to be clear. So she's like, fine. Why don't you do it? And so he says, okay. So he says it two times, three times, four times. Should he say it? Should he say it once more? And he notices that Sari is scared. Yeah, she's scared. And so he says, I'm going to say it one last time. And then nothing happens at all. And then he says, admit it, you're freaked. And she says, no way. You can say it, say it a thousand times. And then all of a sudden, a dark shadow rolls over the tent wall. And a hoarse voice says, are you in there? And then a smooth head pokes Oh, no, through. a smooth head with a hoarse voice. Pokes through the tent. Poke, poke, poke it out. And... <laughs> And it's a figure comes toward them. It's the mummy! No, it's Prince Gul. No, it's actually Dr. Fielding. I knew that. And he says, I'm looking for Uncle Ben. How about you try knocking on my tent before you poke your smooth head in? And he says, it's urgent. I find him. And then leaves. And they're like, let's follow Please him. Please to find him. They say, let's let's fo- follow him to see what's going on. So they follow him all the way, like, you know, sneakily follow him as he makes his way through the tents. And they... 
they they follow him to the communications tent where they hear him shouting and arguing. And then see Dr. Fielding pulling Uncle Ben towards the pyramid. They have no. like a flashlight. And sugar, they follow sugar. them carefully away from the tents towards the pyramid. And then they see Dr. Fielding push Uncle Ben. What? Like into the into the tomb. Down to the pyramid? Should they go in? Should they follow him? So Sari and Gabe decide to wait by a smooth pile of rocks. <laughs> and just in the middle of the sand, in the middle of the field. In the middle of the sand. And uh, I like this sort of ambiance. It's a windy night. Yeah, it's a windy hot night. Yes. And Sari's like really worried about her dad. Why would they need to go in there? Did Dr. My dad. Did, did Dr. Fielding force him down there? What's going on? No. But the policemen are in there though, right? And Gabe's like, no, they left. So I they saw wait a, them leave. So they wait a very long time and then they see Dr. Fielding by himself stumbling out. Brr. His tiny black eyes <laughs> wide, rolling around crazily in his head. His eyebrows twitching. His mouth twisted open. Breathing hard. Brushing himself off. And they're like, what is the deal and Sari confronts him and says where's my dad but where's my dad Dr. Omar Fielding where's my dad and Dr. Fielding ignores her his eyes spinning wildly and then he walks past her stiffly awkwardly with his arms straight down as if he's in a trance and Sari knows that he's done something with Uncle Ben what did you do with my dad you bitch So they grab flashlights and they decide, all right, let's not go in after him yet. Let's see if uh, if Uncle Ben comes out, right? And of course he doesn't. So they go into the pyramid and they they you know they follow the tunnels. They get to the empty chamber. Oh, and then they see footprints. And they they're like, oh wait, are they are they Doctor Feelings? Are they Uncle Ben's? Who knows? But they follow them until they get to the chamber and then get to the tomb and then they, there's no one there. And they notice that the lid on the mummy's coffin... On Prince Kulu's coffin. ...is closed. What? But it was open when they they left. they left it open. What? No. And even Uncle Ben said, we have to keep it open. So they said, we have to push open the lid. We have to push it open. They push it open and it's way easier. And when they look inside, they gasp. (gasps) And they see that Uncle Ben is in the coffin. Uncle Ben, what are you doing down here? He's totally knocked out. Totally freaked out. And they realize, what, did Dr. Fielding leave him here to smother? They left him here to Smuckers. Mmm, Smuckers jelly. Smuckers preserve. With a name like Smuckers, you know it's gotta be good. So, <laughs> Sari freaks out, and then Uncle Ben groans and starts to awaken when they realize that, wait a minute, if Uncle Ben's in the coffin, where dat mummy at? Yeah, where that prince And then they hear soft sh- um, shuffling noises. Somebody doing. Oh a- no! Oh no! The the mummy is is tap dancing. He's doing some soft shoe. He's doing a <laughs> buffalo, and they see the mummy stumble into the room. He. Scr- I love. I love the description that Arstein. I, I had gives. to stop and read this because I was like, "Is this really happening right now?" You had to stop and read it. Stop and read it again, you bitch. <laughs> So the mummy scrapes in his arms, making a cracking noise as he lifts, as he lifts his arms. I love that as the mummy moves, he like cracks and snaps like an old tree. And I also love that this mummy isn't groaning or moaning. So just imagine this mummy silently snapping and stumbling towards you. Isn't that scary? Yes. So Sari stares in hard with her hands on her face. I love that. And she, Arlstein describes the mummy as a skull grinning under layers of tar, his vacant eyes blackened. His blackened eye sockets. Just uh, nothing there. Uh, and they they step back and back until they're pressed up against the and wall. And Gabe has an idea. I'll get my Sumner. My Sumner. Oh, wait. It's not in my pocket. 
So Gay's like, we've got to make a run for it. We've got to make a run for it. He's getting closer. His foul stench is filling the room. As the mummy cracks. Curse the mummy's cracks. So Gay and Sari run past the mummy. It's whole... Out of my way, you stupid tiny old mummy. Tiny, tiny mummy. It's cold, hard statue hand brushing his neck as it reaches for him. No, not a tiny mummy. And as as they're about to exit, they see a flickering light and they realize it's Nyla. Nyla, help us. Nyla, help us, Nyla. She says, what can I do? What can I do about you two kids? You're going to ruin everything. I knew it. I knew it the second she was introduced to the book that there was something evil about Nyla. And then she holds up the summoner, which she has, and says, Come Come to to me, my brother. It is I, Princess Nyla. I have waited centuries for this day, my brother. And we will share these three jars and rule Egypt like we did 4,000 years ago. Thank Thank you. you for this summoner. When I saw it I knew I had to have it the magic words weren't in ours. So she orders Prince Koru to destroy them. Destroy no. them my brother. There must be no witnesses. And Gabe tries to push past Nyla but she's strong. Yeah. She, she, she won't She won't be budged. Stronger than yesteryear. So they're stuck. What are they gonna do? So this the mummy with its hideous grin reaches towards them, reaches past Sari and Gabe and chokes Nyla. Chokes his stupid sister. And he cough and, and she cough he cough, <clears throat> the mummy coughs and whispers, let, let me rest in peace. And he bends her back towards the ground. Like her back broke. And she drops the summoner and Gabe immediately grabs it and then jumps on the mummy's back to try to stop him. <laughs> And the mummy, he says, the mummy is surprisingly... The tiny, tiny mummy is surprisingly strong. Throws Gabe off. No. And as Gabe falls off the mummy's back, he reaches for something to grab onto and snatches Nyla's amber pendant accidentally. And it tears off her neck and shatters on the ground. And the mummy freezes immediately. (laughs) And Nyla screams, No! My life! I lived inside the pendant. At night I crept inside. It kept me alive for over... Four thousand years, and, and now, 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 now. Oh. and she shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. She becomes tinier and tinier until she disappears into her clothes. And then a black scarab crawls out of her clothes and scuttles away into the darkness. <laughs> what? And then the mummy grabs Gabe. No, no, wait. It's just Daddy. It's just um, Uncle Ben. He wasn't smothered after all. He was just knocked out. Uncle Ben says, oh, I knew... Nyla, Nyla used the summoner and the words to bring Prince Koru back to life. And he said he reveals that he and Dr. Omar Fielding were suspicious of her ever since she asked what the six words were. He had never revealed the number. Yes, if you remember when they were having barbecue hamburgers by the fire, Nyla said... Tell me the six words. That and gave it away. Gave it away. Nobody knew that there were you six words. You know what I was words. thinking about, too, is they make such a point. They, Arlstein makes such a point when he introduces us to Nyla that she's super short. And then there's a me- there's a whole thing about, you know, back then people were so small and how mm. tall Sari is. And, like, people were yes. tiny. So all, it's like, all short people are, are mummies. Yes, that's true. And... He says, "Oh, when I went into the te- when I went to make that phone call back when I I was calling the Cairo Sun to see if there's a reporter named Nyla, and there weren't. They had never heard of no Nyla. She was just a, a mummified Egyptian's evil sister who'd been wearing modern day clothes and holding a camera, pretending that she was a reporter, but really she was a necklace. Really, she night. was a beetle living inside a necklace. So Doctor Fielding had." had spotted Nyla sneaking to the pyramid. Dr. Fielding had a field day. And he was, and that's what he and Uncle Ben were arguing about. He didn't force Uncle Ben into the tomb. No, and he didn't. And when they got into the tomb, Nyla was already there. She knocked Uncle Ben out with her flashlight. 
And as they're as as everything's being explained, they hear more. Uh, Gabe and Sari and and Uncle Ben hear footsteps scraping outside the chamber. They realize, oh no, more more mummies no, are coming more towards More tiny them. mummies, please, please. No, the, no, it's actually just Doctor Feeling and the police officers. Oh, coppers, please. And Uncle Ben says, oh, um, Nyla, she escaped. The police, you need to look for her. She escaped. Um, she escaped. Yeah, yeah, that's what happened to her. And Doctor Feeling says, I'm so sorry, Sari. I'm so sorry. I brushed past you and act. Completely insane. Like I was under a trance. I was just in shock. And then they notice that there's a mummy standing in the middle of the room. And Dr. Fielding says, wait, did that mummy walk? And Uncle Ben says, of course not. If it could walk, what would it be doing in this dump? That doesn't make any sense. It's not funny and it doesn't even make any sense. Nope. So here we are at the end of the book. Later in the tent... Uh, Gabe is bragging that he got to be the hero of the day, and Sari teases him, and she says, "Well, I bet you know what? Oh, so c- big, big fat deal. You're you're a hero, but I bet that scarab is still waiting for you. I bet it's waiting for you in, in your cot." <laughs> and the Gabe's like, "Yeah, right." And then he gets into bed. Ouch! <laughs> That's how the book ends. So we're gonna read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of the book. To make we're it, not gonna read it. Daniel's gonna read it. I'm gonna read it to make it one super short, cute book. Gabe, we will be landing soon, the stewardess told me, leaning over the seat. Will someone be meeting you at the airport? Ouch! <laughs> Return thought, of the mummy. I thought this one was stupid and fun. It is. I, I thought I I thought it was very fun. Yeah. It was a total blast. The Nyla stuff is ridiculous. Especially in the television episode. So let's talk about the TV episode. You guys, I recommend watching this one, actually. I think the first half of it is so boring, to be completely honest. But then the second half... Once we get introduced, the actress whose name is like Afraguda. I'm I'm looking it up right now. Her name's Afraguda. The actress mm. who plays Nyla is so you just have to watch it because yeah, it's 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 a it's must. so ridiculous. It's a must. Watch. And if you guys yeah, remember, I, I, there was no television episode for the Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. So this is the first time that there's going to be a mummy episode in the Goosebumps series. Not the last, but the first time there's a mummy episode in the Goosebumps series, and it's just called Return of the Mummy. Even though it's a sequel, we never had a first episode. Yes, you, you don't even mention. And it's the there's episode, no mention to. The episode opens with a voiceover well, of exp- this episode. I just want to say well, uh, Dan, Dan will get it right. <laughs> no, I just want to say it's season one, episode nine. I want to set the the stage. When did it air? December twenty second, nineteen ninety five. Bitch. Over Christmas break. Yeah, bitch. Why wow, you have to be such a fucking asshole all of a sudden? What? So the episode starts off. <laughs> oh, why, why don't you you want to talk about? It? No, no. Let the prince talk about it. Prince Koru wants to speak about it. <laughs> well, I want to talk about the actor that plays Gabe for a second. Yeah, Daniel DeSanto. Don't who's, you? Who is from Are You Afraid of the Dark? He's also he's from Are You Afraid of the Dark, and he's also does the voice of one of the care uh, in a couple episodes of Tales from the Crypt Keeper, the animated series. Where he says, "Oh, it, he's in When the Cat's Away, the very first episode of the Tales from the Crypt Keeper animated yeah. series, and." Stew, stew. That's him. Yes, that's stew. him. Yeah. Stew, 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 stew. Yeah, he's got such a great voice. He's also in Mean Girls. He is in Mean Girls. Can you assign someone to butter your muffin? What's his name? Jason. I think it's Jason. Yeah, yeah. the one that Lacey Chabert, you know, has a thing for. So the episode starts off with a voiceover that kind of sets the sets the scene. I think the TV episode does a pretty good job of adapting. It does. This. I don't remember. There's very few episodes, if any, that have a voiceover that does like exposition like this. Well, I like that it has a voiceover because I think it, it takes care of some quick exposition and sort of makes it feel like this. You know, for fans of the books, obviously, that it's sort of pulling you into the environment that the first book was in. <laughs> 
I'm here in Egypt visiting my Uncle Ben and Cousin Sarah. My Uncle Ben's an archaeologist. He's really cool. He knows all about ancient civilizations. My cousin Sari thinks she knows a lot, but she's okay. We're on the site of a secret dig. My uncle has discovered a pyramid that is the tomb of an ancient Egyptian prince. The pyramid is like this dark underground maze full of secret passages and dead ends. It's pretty spooky, but I'm not afraid. Yeah, and clearly we don't have a super big budget for this episode to give you pyramid realness or anything like that. Yes. All we get is like a really, really quick stock photo of like a pyramid that's kind of shitty. And then the and all the, the pyramid tunnels, it's basically the same tunnel shot from different angles over yeah. and over and over again. And there are no pyramid workers. There is no Dr. Fielding. Yeah. It's only Gabe, Sari, Uncle Ben. And Neela. And Neela and her sort of assistant, Jeffy. Yeah. So there's a voiceover about oh I'm I'm my uncle's discovered this whatever. I think to me Daniel DeSantos is that his name? DeSanto. DeSanto. To me it's an Ellen Trainer thing. Do you know what I mean? Where Ellen Trainer was Robert Zemeckis' Mary wife. Trainer. Mary Ellen Trainer. Thank you. Robert Zemeckis' wife who's not a great actress but she's a great screamer so that got her some work in Tales from the Crypt. I feel like his this... scream got him the work here. Although I think his scream is over the top and it annoys me. I feel Same like here. from a casting point of view they think his scream is really great. He's got a great voice. Yeah. He's got a good voice. He does. <laughs> So we we jump in pretty quickly. They're already we start off in the tents and then they enter the tombs and Sari's Sari seems younger for sure. She seems she's way younger and, and she's like a short. little witch. She does look like a little witch. And they talk about how he bought a summoner at the airport. Uh-huh. So that's definitely different from the books and he just bought it. He bought it at the airport and Uncle Ben's like, "Oh, that's a you know, that's a tourist scam or whatever." That, that, that'll do it. That won't control mummies. People always fall for that. Trash. Gabe has a Polaroid camera, so he's taking a lot of pictures in this uh, episode that, that helps sort of further the plot. Yeah. And they kind of go down the tomb pretty immediately, and then they... Um, uh, the first thing that really happens is Gabe goes to take a Polaroid of Sari and Uncle Ben like, in front of some a- in front of some hieroglyph- hieroglyphics in the tomb, and he drops his summoner, and we see the summoner crawling on its own. That's the first commercial break: is the summoner is crawling on its own. And then, as several things happen throughout this episode that don't really make sense with or without the summoner, I can't. Maybe you can give me some clarity on it. Yeah, it's 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 a little it's a little convoluted. But he Gabe goes to pick up the summoner and sees that it has crawled and left a mark in the sand. He's like, "Huh, that's weird." So they are searching through the tunnels. They're not really tunnels; they're more like hallways, like probably like hallways. A, they a high school well lit, dressed, well lit hallways. And they're looking at hieroglyphics, and and Sari corrects them. He's like, "These are hieroglyphics or whatever." And he turns around, and she's literally gone, like completely disappeared. Yeah. And just like we were talking about, don't know where the light's coming from. No big deal. And any of the lights in in this in this tunnel. And he starts trying to follow them. He yells after Sari and Uncle Ben. He starts running through the tomb. I think they're trying to combine a little bit of Curse of the Mummy's tomb here with Return of the Mummy. Yeah. Because in Return of the Mummy, he stays. You know, he stays in the tomb and doesn't move in the pitch darkness. Yeah. In Curse of the Mummy's tomb. Doesn't he get separated and tries to run after them? Yeah. Anyway, as he's trying to run after them, he. Uh, falls into a pit of sand. Yeah. And then we just see one shot of a, a tarantella crawling across his arm. A tarantula crawling across his arm. So it's not like a room full of bulby white spiders. Thank God, actually. Thank God. And then he finds the seal. Like the lion, gold the lion, lion seal. seal that looks like the beginning of um, 
to me it looks it Aladdin. Aladdin. Something yeah. strange kind of happens here too. Is like he he takes a picture of the seal with his Polaroid camera first. Yes. And then he goes to reach towards the um the seal and a snake pops out like of the lion's mouth. A cartoony Jafar snake pops out of the lion's mouth. But at the same time, it's like a double scare. The rope that is a scare from the book comes dangling down, and they never reference. They don't really reference. Well, they say there's snakes down there. Yes, and Uncle Ben says, "I'll send. I'll send workers down there to clear." So out he the climbs snakes. up the rope, and he shows everyone the Polaroid picture that he took of the seal, and they're like, "Ooh, this is it. This, this is, is it. it." He's like, "That was it. That was that was definitely it." And it's Prince Holu's sacred seal. They never say Koru in this entire episode. It's, it's always Prince Holu. Not Koru. And Gabe's like, oh no, I left my summoner down there. I can't find it. I must have left oh, it no, down there. Oh no, my summoner. That'll come back later. And Uncle Ben is like, I have a gift for you. So it's an old necklace again. It's the, the amber necklace with the scarab in it. But they do this thing in this episode where there's a scarab beetle inside the necklace. But every time we see a scarab beetle that's supposed to be a scarab beetle outside the necklace, it's really just a roach that they're trying to convince us is a scarab beetle. Mm, that's true. You know what I mean? It's literally just a fat roach. I'm like, that ain't no scarab beetle. Sorry. Sorry. Sari. And so they're back in the tents. Uncle Ben gives him that necklace and says to keep, and he says to keep a scarab means, meant that you would live forever. Foreshadowing. And in pops in not Neela Rockmed. Just, I want exclusive. Now, I want to talk about this actress. For a while. It's, it's probably, it's some of the worst acting I think I've ever seen in my whole life. I think the acting is so bad because English is clearly not her first language. And it's as if they wanted to actually cast someone who is definitely Egyptian. And I appreciate them doing that. And yes. she clearly is. And this is the first time I've heard a real Egyptian accent. An Egyptian and accent it is to me so sounds extreme. like a really extreme Native American accent and a Russian accent put together. That's what it sounds like yes. to me. It's, it's so specific. And she, everything, and I'll include all of it, you guys. All of her dialogue is it, empty and dead and her eyes are vacant it falls flat and this actress when when we were um when i was reading the book you know you would i was picturing someone much younger she's much older she's super tall and has a very deep voice so to me she's not like a sexy young love interest to me she's like kind of an old woman yes she is one of the strangest people i think i've ever seen her voice is so ridiculous. This so, is where it gets fun for me. I think this first part is kind of a snooze, but literally this actress is what makes this episode for it me. Is, it makes it, it so it, much it, fun. It, it, These are the things that Dan and I quote each other, quote on a daily basis. So We quote each other. We quote each other on that. So we're talking, we're, uh, Gabe has his necklace and Neela's like, strange, we are twins. It's if mine has no scarab. And just scarabs are supposed to be for good luck. I, I hope, hope mine is not bad luck. My newspaper heard that you have discovered the tomb of Prince Horo. Well, I don't know what they heard. Uh, I'm not sure we've discovered the tomb yet. That's even better. I want the exclusive. I want to come with you and write up the discovery from the beginning. Well, then you should start with my nephew Gabe here. He's the one who discovered the door to the tomb. In fact, so far, he's the only one who's actually seen it. Are you an archaeologist, too? No, just clumsy. He fell into it. Well, some of the greatest discoveries happened by accident. Strange. We are twins. Not very unusual. Yours is empty. I think it's pretty without the dead bug. The scarab's supposed to be for good luck. I hope mine is not bad luck. <laughs> Just ridiculous. I hope mine is not bad luck. And then her assistant, Jeffy, comes in and... And is like, here your bag. Sees the, the Polaroid that Gabe has taken, and sees the hieroglyphics on the seal or something, and says, 
He says, no, no, the, that's, that's the curse of the mummy's tomb. No one must enter the tomb. Someone will die. Someone will die. And he runs off really scared. And, and they, that's kind of that. And, and Neela's like, yes, it's been said that a curse has been placed on anyone that enters the tomb. And if you, and they just talk about this. Uncle Ben's like, yeah, yeah. If you say the words haru, hara, hari three times, then the mummy will be awakened and get his revenge. Five times was too much for the TV show. And it's three words instead of six. So cut to, and but but get, Uncle Ben's like, oh, it's all superstition. Um, uh, Again, we also quickly buy the fact that like, Neil is just going to be joining us today. Just think, a boy from America will be the first one to see the mummy. Yeah, Neela's like, I'm a reporter for the Cairo Sun and I'll be, I'll be following your exclusive. And Uncle Ben's like, okay, sure. So cut to Uncle Ben working away at the seal. It falls off easily. The door, just them, no one else. The door slides open like it's an Indiana Jones ride. And it's, again, the, uh, we see it's a false tomb. And uh, as they look around the false tomb, there's nothing there. And Sari's like, hey, Gabe, you should say the words. Ha, 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 ha. Are you scared? Say the words. So she says them twice. And, he, and he's like, I'm not scared. I'll say it. So he says them once. Says them once. So they've like said a, it three times. There's like a slight light change, sort of. I guess it, it's supposed to be some kind of like, oh, no, he said the words. Oh, things are evil now. And then we kind of hear a wind blowing. And then the lights turn back to normal. And... Neela's like, maybe Horu is listening. Maybe he's listening. And so Gabe looks over and sees there's a little hole in the wall where there's a mummy hand. He's, oh, it's my summoner. And then he goes to reach for his summoner, but it it either is the summoner or it's not. I don't understand. But literally, the mummy hand grabs Gabe's hand by the hand, squeezes it, and kind of pulls him into the wall. And everyone rolls their eyes. They're like, oh, Gabe. Like, Gabe's screaming like bloody murder. And like everyone's it, rolling their everyone's eyes. Everyone's like, oh, stop it, Gabe. And then like... And then Sari comes over with Gabe while he's getting yanked into the wall. And Gabe kind of pulls her to help him. Then the wall kind of flips like a revolving door. And Gabe and Sari, by getting pulled by the mummy hand in the wall, fly through the wall. And then the door shuts. And and the wall panel shuts. And it hits Uncle Ben on the head. And Uncle Ben is running towards him. And Uncle Ben gets knocked out, knocked unconscious by the door. And so trapped on one side is Neil and Uncle Ben unconscious. And on the other side, now there's no more mummy hand. And it's Gabe and Sari. And there's a skeleton there. And Gabe, that that actor screams like he's dying, and it's very annoying. And they they decide they're going to be stuck in there forever. Yeah. And the walls are so thick they can't scream for help. And they decide to go searching, and they find the tomb. And yeah. it's gorgeously it's gorgeous, lit. Gorgeously lit. Blue bright. lights. Yeah, you can see. There everything. are pits of fire. Yeah. Like this tomb, like this with 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 riches everywhere. Then and they find the mummy's coffin, and they open it. And it's empty. They push with all their might, and it's empty. And then, coming staggering around the corner, comes the mummy of Prince Horu. And, like, when Dan and I were watching this just now, I was kind of like, is this really happening? Because, like, it happens so fast. It does happen sudden, so fast. And I think the mummy looks really terrifying. And it's, it's really good. fun. Yeah, it's very it's like scary. A, it's like a person-sized it's mummy. Classic. It's not like a and, tiny one, like in the book. And there's a clip used in it in the opening credits. Yeah, that's you know? right. And then Nyla shows up. Nila shows up. She just comes around a corner too, while the mummy's stumbling towards them. She, the last time we saw her, she kind of kneeled next to Uncle Ben, who's knocked out, and said, "Ben, Ben, are you okay?" And she's wearing like ancient Egyptian jewels. Has the makeup. She has like a gold crown on. And out she of nowhere, said, she says some really ridiculous things, almost exactly word for word from the book. Come to me, my brother. And the mummy is freaking out this whole time, like, like stumbling around. Seems to be like in a lot of pain. Come to me. Come to me, my brother. 
It's Princess Nila, your sister. I have waited so long for this day that we may be reunited once again. Hey, that's my summoner! Silence, foolish peasant. The summoner is mine. Now, we shall rule again. She's crazy. Destroy them, my brother. There can be no witnesses. And she says, destroy, you know, Gabe and Siri. There can be no witnesses. And the mummy freaks out, grabs her necklace, and screams, let me rest in peace. And grabs the necklace and does he, does he throw it and shatter, yeah, shatter? He shatters it. And he shatters it, and she goes, "No, I'll just put all of it in." No. Poro, remember, you were weak. I was strong. I was the one who ruled. Do you remember, Poro? Do you remember, my brother? So she just kind of like screams and a bright light appears and she disappears. Yeah. And her what, clothes what? and her necklace and her stuff flop on the ground and a roach crawls out from under the clothes. <laughs> what do you think she says? She says, I, I've lived inside the stone every night for 4,000 years. And, and I, I will, will never. She says, I will never. I don't know. I, I, I will would... live on. I will. I will. I don't know what she says. She just screams. I yeah. like this. What they do with her voice there. Yeah, her too. It's very scary. And yeah. So. The mummy, the mummy's still alive. And, and turns on Gabe and Sari. Gabe's like, like, oh, gosh. So, oh, what we forgot to mention was Neela had the summoner with her. Yes. She stole the summoner. Yeah, she so stole Gabe the summoner. So Gabe grabbed the summoner from the floor. And Again, my question is, that mummy hand that grabbed Gabe through the wall earlier, what was that? I honestly don't know. Yeah, okay. Couldn't tell you. Okay. And so Gabe grabs the summoner and tries to control the mummy. No use. And instead just decides to throw it into one of the pits of fire. Who yep. lit that pit of fire? Um... The, the Lord. And, and as as he as it burns in the fire, the mummy sort of screams and the tomb <laughs> trembles and and like styrofoam blocks start to fall and dust and they run out, push their way out of the wall. All of a sudden it can move now. Now they can find now they found Uncle Ben and they just They wake up Uncle Ben and they run out as the tomb collapses. So none of it really makes a whole lot of sense. Cut to Gabe is packing. Really quickly. And the trip is over, and we see the summoner crawling under the tent wall. And, like, Gabe and, and Sarah are having this conversation, like, Hey, I wish I, I wish you didn't have to leave. And it's like, no, nah, I wish I could stay. Like, maybe you can visit me next time. I can show you the world of shopping malls. And, and what they don't see is that the summoner crawls into the suitcase, and and Gabe closes the suitcase on the, the summoner. And the, the, the summoner crawls towards Gabe's pendant necklace with the scarab beetle in it and kind of squeezes it yeah grabs it and squeezes it and, and then, gabe doesn't see it closes the suitcase and as they walk out gabe's like hey when i get to the airport i'm not buying any more summoners and sari's like hey do you need a hand and 
Gabe's like, no, I got it. Lol. <laughs> so it's kind of fun. If you don't think about it too much, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it you really can... makes no sense. The mummy's actually pretty scary, and I think that's really cool. And the actress is so bad and so ridiculous that it's so much fun for me to watch. And that's why I look forward to watching this episode so much. I like watching it too. My, My brother. brother. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope it wasn't too scary. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you hear, send us a, send us a message. Write us a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many nice comments. iTunes, and such great feedback. Please, when you please when you write us a comment or, or or write a review, it pushes us up the list. We were we were on a list of popular podcasts recently. Yeah, we were. That was really cool. That's, I know that's super vague. Um, but it was really cool to be on that list. <laughs> and you can always tweet us. We will pretty much always respond. Yeah, when we can. I always want to talk about Goosebumps. Uh, on uh, Twitter, our hand, my handle is DannyMac769. Mine's o- iRobotUJane. That Daniel's Instagram is the same. If you want to check that out, my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery. Yeah, say hi. We yeah. would love to chat. Up next is one of our favorites. I know, I'm really excited about the next one. It's number 24, the f- 20, not the, just Phantom, Phantom of the, the Auditorium. This is really one of my favorites. It's, that, that one's I cannot be... wait to Well, thank you for this. traveling back in time with us. For thousand years, my brother, Sumner. And tune in next time, okay? If you dare, Ib. Knock, knock. Dr. Hassad, I'm so glad I caught you. Uh, excuse me, do I know you? Nila Rahmed, I'm a reporter with the Cairo Sun. Oh, I thought you all called yourselves journalists these days. Well, I guess I'm just an old-fashioned girl. My life! My life! I lived inside this stone every night for 4,000 years! And now, I will never!